0: Mindfulness Mode. There is no hack, there is no cheat sheet for anything in
1: life, right? It's a formula, you've gotta do the work, you gotta build the relationships. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and mindfulness life coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, mindful tribe, I am in seventh heaven right now because I've got a good friend with me. And not only is he a good friend, but he has so much valuable information to share with you, especially as you move through this experience with COVID-19, with this lockdown, because I know a lot of people are bored. A lot of people are watching Netflix left, right, and center, and kind of wondering what to do next. Well, we have a solution for you. And my guest is the amazing Tom Schwab. Tom, are you in mindfulness mode today? Bruce, I am. And uh, when, I, uh, when I'm not, I always uh, turn to the podcast. It gets me refocused. I'm so glad to have you here. And, uh, you know, I read your book a while ago, and your book is absolutely terrific. It's called Podcast Guest Profits. I'm looking at it right here. Grow your business with a targeted, interview strategy and it is such a great book and I was just saying that one of the reasons is because it's it doesn't contain fluff it's not one of those books where you think oh I'll have to read you know 10 or 12 pages in order to get a couple of good ideas or concepts you just cut to the chase and you share really good information in here about how to be a good guest on podcasts and how to benefit from it, but also how to grow your own podcast. So what would you suggest? Should we start our own podcast first, or should we get out there and be a guest on some podcasts first before starting our own? To me, it's not an either or question. When people ask me that often, I'll just say,
0: yes. (laughs) And I use the analogy, it's like asking, "Should should I be an Uber driver Or should I be an Uber passenger? It's the same platform, but different goals. So if you're a podcast guest, your goal is to go out there and get exposed to new audiences, to get new leads, to get new followers, to get new subscribers to your podcast. So that's what being a guest does. Being a host nurtures those existing relationships. So the existing uh, fans that you have, the existing leads, the existing customers. So to me, it's not an either or, it's a both, but I I can tell you that it's a whole lot easier to be a guest than it is a host. Um, You know, I always say that I feel guilty sometimes because I come on here, we talk for 45 minutes. This is fun. I leave and then you do all the work. So uh, I appreciate all that goes into it. Anybody that says doing a podcast is easy has either never done it or never done it well. It's just the great ones that make it look easy.
1: Well, you know, I think of you as a very grounded and centered person. And of course, my podcast is about mindfulness. So I want to talk about your mindfulness and and how that ties in with podcasting. But first, what does mindfulness mean to you, Tom? It's to be present, to be aware, uh,
0: to be proactive, not reactive. Uh, And I think the older I've gotten, the more mindful I've gotten. And the more mindful I've gotten, the more I've enjoyed life and taken the ups and downs a whole lot better um, and putting things in perspective. Uh, to, to me, that's, uh, that's what it means to me. And it's not something that was taught to me uh, at the Naval Academy or in the military. Uh, it's really been taught to me like, by friends like you.
1: Well, you live in a part of the country where you can really enjoy nature. Uh, to you, is nature part of mindfulness? It is, and and maybe that's just because
0: it's normal to me. But still, uh, you know, my my bride and I, uh, before this whole thing, uh, we tried to live in one new city a week out of every month. So even when we were in Manhattan last summer, it was still able to be mindful in all of that noise and all of that uh, commotion there. Just to, to stand and look around and see what man had built and how many people were there and, you know, how, how much diversity there was, but how much we had in common.
1: So uh, I, to me, nature helps, but I can find mindfulness really wherever I am. Well, that is awesome. I love how you put that. Tom, I want to share a little bit specifically about you with Mindful Tribe. Tom Schwab is fully immersed in the podcast industry as CEO of Interview Valet, and that is a concierge-level podcast interview marketing service. Tom teaches how being a guest on podcasts can get you long-term return on investment that beats blogging, advertising, or social media posting. You can use podcast interviews as a virtual book tour. You can use them as a powerful SEO strategy. You can use it to propel your own podcast and to create huge brand awareness and uh, we've already talked about how you're an avid mindfulness enthusiast, and you're just passionate. You're so passionate to point out to to people how podcasting can help people thrive, but I think, particularly now, when we're all locked in with this COVID-19 pandemic, get your voice heard. You know, what's your area? What's what really makes you tick you could be going out there and talking to people on podcasts or of course starting one but what are your comments about people who are locked in and and could be using the benefits of podcasting tom yeah you know one of the things i found
0: is the the more i look inward or it's all about me 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 the worse things get right? Uh, If you think things are bad, start serving other people. And that gratitude, that joy comes back to you. And so with that, I think a lot of people struggle with, well, what do I have to share, right? I'm not an expert, Bruce. Well, a friend of mine, Nick Pavlidis, um, helped me with this. Nick is a recovering lawyer. And uh, (laughs) he pointed out the definition of an expert. The legal definition is someone who by their training, their experience, uh, their life has more knowledge than the average person. So, right, we always think of the expert as the PhD. Well, that's one kind of expert. That's the you know the doctor, right? Um, the professor. Well, there's also the expert that's like the sherpa, that uh, that person that's been to the mountain numerous times. And then there's also the expert that's the traveler that that is just like one step along with you, going through the journey with it. And all of those people have expertise. So I always challenge people. What's ordinary to you is amazing to others. And I think we're all blessed to be a blessing. Um, I've been taught a lot of things in my life. uh, had a lot of lessons in my life. A lot of people have helped me in my life. And I want to make sure that I take what I've learned and help other people. And, you know, uh, I, I didn't learn it all myself. That's why I love always giving credit to the people that taught me. Uh, But uh, I I always picture it, um, you know, being at the pearly gates and uh, having to answer the question. um, You had so many people that helped you. Why didn't you help more people? And I, I can't say, well, you know, uh, I live in Southwest Michigan. There wasn't a whole lot of people to help or uh, yeah, writing is hard for me. I'm an engineer. Uh, I really couldn't write a longer book for Bruce. Um, you know, <laughs> now it's so easy, right? As a podcast guest or a podcast host on social media and on, on video, whatever medium works best for you, share what you know, because it'll not only help other people, but it'll help you also.
1: Well, that's that's really a good thought, you know, like to get out there and help other people. I totally agree with that. And one of the things I think is that you know, I've noticed myself the last week or so, I've been thinking when I go out every day and I do my 45 minute walk, I want to listen to a podcast that's a little lighter sometimes that's not going to be talking about COVID and not going to be talking about all the challenges or talking about how I should be building my business. Sometimes I just want to listen to something that's going to be funny or light or easy listening. And almost every one of you, Mindful Tribe, have some kind of an interest or a hobby, you know, whether it's cooking or, or whatever it is that you could just get on and chat with a friend and it could be very light and funny. Last night I was listening to a cooking show and it's not that I'm totally into cooking. It's just that they were just laughing away and talking about all these things about cooking octopus and and all this stuff. And it was just taking my mind off everything else. So I think every one of you, Mindful Tribe, could go on a, a podcast as a guest I know you could, and I think every one of you could start a podcast if you felt like you wanted to, and it's fun, and it's exciting, and uh, it's something that you should do, right, Tom? And even for introverts, right? A lot of times we'll
0: be talking to prospective clients, and we'll say, you know, would you drive across town to speak to, you know, uh, to 10 uh, ideal clients? Would you drive across um, the state to speak to 100? And you can just see their face uh, drop. Uh, over Zoom here, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't want to talk to that many people." Well, you just talk to one person. This is the same conversation Bruce and I would be having over Zoom uh, if we were just talking. So it's so great that it's it's accessible to everyone. Even if you're an introvert, uh, if you're an extrovert that is uh, stuck in in your home, uh, it doesn't matter. You can do this from you know home, from work. I've done some of my biggest podcasting interviews from on vacation or in a hotel room while I'm traveling.
1: Wow. Yeah, you can do it from anywhere. Well, you know, the one thing I, th- I thought when I started is, well, you know, where will, I, where will I find people who want me to be a guest or where will I find guests? And that really isn't a difficult thing to do. You can find podcast hosts out there that are looking for people who are dads or looking for people who are into running or just about any topic that you can possibly imagine. They're looking for you and then if you were a podcast host, there are all kinds of people out there that would love to be a guest. But you got started with your business, Interview Valet, and you started connecting these people. How did you get into that? How did you get started with it, Tom? Well, I I always would love to say this was just great business plan, but the
0: biggest uh, piece of fiction I've ever written or wrote uh, was a business plan, right? I, I really just tried to listen to what people were telling me what customers told me they loved and what they loathed. So my background was inbound marketing, using content to attract, engage and delight like customers. And you know, 15 years ago that was guest blogs. Instead of writing your own blog, getting it seen by three people, well, put it up on the Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, wherever your audience was. Get that no like and trust. So back in 2014, I hypothesized that you could use podcast interviews the same way. So I started to test it. It worked really, really well. We saw conversion rates of visitors to leads that were like 25 times better than blogs. And first, I'm like, I'm skeptical. I'm like, uh, it's just got to be a personality. It's got to be a niche. So I kept testing it. People were asking me how I did it. So, Bruce, I put this little PDF together. It said, okay, here's the playbook. Here's how you do it. It was the precursor to podcast guest profits. Gave that away to everybody. And then some people said, you should do a course. So I did this online course and I never took it out of beta. It Hmm. sold real well, but people, you know, at the back end, you can see they weren't getting results with it. They weren't getting all the way through it. And I didn't want to just sell a course to sell a course. And the ones that were honest with me, they told me, listen, you gave me the cookbook you've given me the videos. I don't want to be the chef. You know, I want to be the guest. You take care of all the rest. And I'm like, Oh, that's good copy. That's going to be our tagline. So with that started to beta test a done for you service end of 2015. It worked so well. we launched that in early 2016. And now four years later, we've got a team of 19, um, two in Canada, three in um, uh, in Europe and the rest in the United States. And we serve about a hundred different leading brands. So authors, consultants, um, uh, speakers, coaches, and and brands really to get out there.
1: That is fantastic. So tell us more specifically what your team is doing to help people in this industry. Right, and that's the thing is, we want to help the entire industry. We see this as a relationship-based
0: industry, not a transaction one right? So we build relationships. And so about a third of our team are podcast relationship managers. And Bruce, there's one person in on our team that's assigned to Bruce's show and they're reaching out. They're trying to understand what are you looking for in your show? What are you looking for in guests? Um, we're going to all the meetings, not only to to present at them, but to sponsor them, to speak at them. So you'll see us at all the meetings. We're trying to build the relationships so we can serve the podcast hosts. Now, we serve the podcast hosts, but the clients are our guests. The guests are our clients. They're the ones that are hiring us to get them on shows. So with them, we're, we're getting them the professional equipment so they sound great. We're teaching them the best practices. We're putting together a, a one-page media kit. Uh, we're giving them a practice interview. We prepare them for every interview. And so with that, we want to make it very easy so that we can make that introduction to personally introduce them so that they can go on the podcast, connect with the audience, and really bring value and uh, grow their business from that, also. You know, my Bruce, my point of view today is this idea of breaking through the noise is laughable, right? Um, I think we're all just yelling and adding to the noise. I think it's much better to get in on the conversation that people are already listening to. And if you can get introduced to somebody that's a thought leader, a friend of theirs that can introduce you to the crowd, their crowd, their tribe, I think that's, you know, uh, that's very, very powerful.
1: Well, I really appreciate the people that have been introduced to me through your organization, through Interview Valet. That has really been tremendous. And, you know, I really love how you have a section at the back of your book called Getting Started Fast. I mean, not only is the book, like it cuts to the chase anyway, and it has all the different chapters which are so valuable about how to get right in and get doing things. Like one of the chapters is, uh, who do you want to speak with? Where to find podcasts? I mean, you, you really zero in on everything. And then you've got at the end, the getting started fast section so that you can just move to that if you want to. But another thing that's very generous about you, Tom, is that you're offering this book podcast guest profits for only $5, which is unbelievable (laughs) because it's such a great book and so valuable. Wow. Well, You could buy it on
0: Amazon for full price, but it's going to take like two months to get it from Amazon right now. I, I ship more of these out here, and I just want to cover the the cost of the shipping and, and the printing of it, right? Um, my goal on this book was to help people get their voice out, to help them get their message out, to help grow their business. And if I can help them at Interview Valet do that, that's great, but I just want to make sure that everybody is making the most use of their time there that they're adding to the ecosystem. I see a lot of people out there. And I saw one the other day that, um, that said, uh, you know, sign up to get my free, uh, what was it? Fill in the blank step-by-step, uh, cheat sheet on how to get on podcast interviews. And I'm like, there is no hack. There is no cheat sheet for anything in life, right? It's a formula. You've got to do the work. You got to build the relationships and, uh, it doesn't take that, that long, right? You say the fast start guide in there in 30 days, you can definitely do that. You know, patience is a virtue, but it's not one that I have. You know, one of my (laughs) prayers is always God, give me patience and give it to me now. Um, I, I think it just causes him to laugh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that's really funny. Well, I think it's very kind of you to put together uh, an actual spot on the Internet where Mindful Tribe, you can go interviewvalet.com slash mindfulness mode. And so interviewvalet, valet valet is V-A-L-E-T dot com slash mindfulness mode. So head over there, get this book and uh, see what else Tom's got for you over there. Now, Tom, as we uh, move forward in the interview, I always ask a question about bullying because I worked in the bullying uh, field for a long time. Do you have a story that you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference? I don't know whether it's in your adult life or as a kid or one of your children or whatever it is. Could, do you have a story you can share with us?
0: Um yeah there there's a couple that come to mind one that's you know as a child but I think the the bigger one comes as an adult right as as a business owner um there are certain people that uh that I choose not to work with uh no judgments on their good or bad um but there's the bullying personality um that I win you lose um and a confrontational it is not one that I'm comfortable with. Um, I, I believe everyone is good at heart. I want to help people. Our team wants to help people. And we've even got a, a, a spot in our agreement uh, that says it's the no-jerk policy, right? So we're all in this together. And that came out of early on um, working with some clients. And our team wanted to do the best for them. And then there was just nothing that we could ever do. They didn't want to work our systems. They wanted to, I would say more, not treat us as partners, but treat us as rented mules and and, and to bully um, the people that were working for them. And I don't make judgment on that, but that's not a relationship that I want to be a part of. And so really early on, um, we put that in the agreement that that's, that's um, reason to be terminated right uh if you start swearing at our team uh, being demeaning to our team bullying our team we're not going to work together mm-hmm. um and even on the um the initial discovery calls we look for that and our, our team knows is, is this somebody that we want to partner with or is this somebody that's looking to bully us and we're not going to work with people like that because i think it's amazing you know today we live in a different world you know um I don't know, maybe even 30, 40 years ago. If somebody didn't leave, live within 10 miles of you, they couldn't be your customer. Right. And today it's so much different. You know, we've got access to hundreds of millions of people that could be our customer. And I don't need more customers, I need better customers. So with that, I'm, you know, very open, no, open to knowing that um that I'm a nice person and I want to do everything I can for people, uh, but I want to work with people that want to work with me, not bully me.
1: Right. That makes sense. Yeah, that really does. Do you have a story about anyone who has been a client that you've really been able to take from point A to point B and really uh, make their life different as a result of the, the help you've been able to give them? Oh, uh, it is. And it's one of the The the
0: best feelings that I have, you know, uh, our goal is to personally introduce inspiring thought leaders to millions of ideal customers that they could serve for the betterment of all. And so when I open up the Wall Street Journal and I see Chris Tuff's book, um, The Millennial Whisperer. Is on the Wall Street Journal best uh, seller list. I'm like, that is amazing, right? Because we helped him uh, on the virtual book tour. The same thing with Steve Anderson, who you know yes. uh, from the BSOS letters. We worked with him early on uh, on that. When I see customers out there and are saying, uh, they come back to us and say, we need to slow down the podcast interviews. And my first, my first inclination is, what's wrong? And Craig Cody came to us and uh, he's uh, an accountant, uh, um, an uh, ex-New York City detective. And he says, no, the problem is, is that I've done these interviews and I have sold out of all of my capacity. I need to go hire a few more accountants. I love that, uh, to be on, here a podcast, um, uh, like, uh, Lockhead on marketing or follow your different, uh, with, uh, Christopher Lockhead. And when he says that his podcast, um, that we helped him launch that by getting him guests, by helping him be on other people's show, um, that just, that just warms my heart or even hearing a podcast host say, you know, my good friend, so-and-so my good friend, David Rendell, um, and know that, hey, we introduce those two people. And so to me, uh, I think the best gift you can ever give anybody is an introduction, an introduction to a new idea, a new person. It's something that you couldn't give your, get yourself, right? I'll be forever uh, grateful for the, the person that introduced me to my bride because I couldn't have done that myself. And the idea that we get to personally introduce you know, inspiring thought leaders, uh, that's what gets me up and gets going every day.
1: Wow, wow. Well, you have been living in different cities for a month. I did not know that you had this this goal of you know, just checking out different cities around the world. What's an interesting city that really pops into your mind that you spent time in and it was so different and interesting, but you loved it? I would say everyone has um,
0: has something different about it. So you know, when we went to California, That was amazing to see to see Napa, to see some friends uh, that lived in um, on the beach in in Santa Cruz there. That was amazing uh, to be in Nashville and not just as a guest or not flying in for a day, but to have a home for a week. You know, we do Airbnbs uh, to see that Um, years ago. uh, It was about 18 months ago, went to Austin and learned how to surf at an indoor surf park. And that was just amazing. And to be there, even when we were in, um, in Orlando, uh, you know, most of the time we'll do the week around some event. So we were down there supporting um, podcast movement last year. When well, we came a few days early, left a few days late, um, Karen was, uh, my bride, is training for a uh, Ironman. And it's like, well, how am I going to get my, my training in during this? And I'm like, I think there's an ocean real quick to this. She had never been able to swim in the ocean before. And just to think that we could drive an hour in the convertible uh, with the sun and everything like that, no one else in, in um, Orlando would rent a convertible in August because it was so hot. So we took it. And just to go out there and to swim in the ocean. So I think there's beauty wherever you go. Like I said before, uh, being mindful whether or not you get to swim in the ocean or stand in Manhattan. And, and look out and realize just how big the world is. You know, to think I need uh, I could never serve more than a, a thousand clients. Um, you know, with our business uh, right now we've got a hundred, and the idea of serving a thousand is just mind blowing. And to look out a window and see, I could probably see about. Two million people from here, so all of a sudden the idea of a thousand doesn't sound that much. So uh, that was a non-answer to a to a straightforward question. I don't know. I I love every city and want to go back to everyone, uh, but uh, we're always looking to go to a new one to have new memories uh, because that's that's the thing that we focus on is uh, making memories, not buying stuff.
1: Well, Tom, Karen is training for Ironman. I know she's quite an athlete, but what about you? What are your interests in exercise, sport, and that kind of thing? To me, I I, I don't
0: exercise for a medal or a ribbon. Um, I did that in the military. In the military, you do crazy things for a ribbon or a medal. Now, I just want to stay young, right? I see so many people that get old and they get an old in their mind first and say, no, I can't do that. And uh, Karen's a great influence on me uh, to get out there and do things. But uh, we've got uh, four wonderful grandchildren. I used to call them great-grandchildren. And um, <laughs> Karen's like, oh, that makes you sound really old. Four wonderful <laughs> grandchildren. And so when they run and play. I wanna be able to run and play with them there. Uh, and so I wanna be active with that. And uh, so to me, it's more of a, a lifestyle and also clearing my head. Uh, you know, as, as entrepreneurs and working from home, uh, it can be a blessing and a curse as everybody has found out now. You know, it's great that you don't have to commute, but it can be bad because you can never get away from work. So for me, going out for a, a long walk, going out for uh, a slow jog, I, I can't call it run. Um, if I was going slower, it'd probably be called sightseeing. But uh, <laughs> to be able to to go out for a run at, uh, and listen to a podcast at 2x speed while I run at 1x or half x speed, to me, that just, it feeds my soul. And what's your morning routine like, Tom? It, it, my, I'm a more of a morning person. Are you? So I like to get up probably about 5 a.m., uh, you know, have some coffee, do some reading, uh, go out and feed the donkeys. We've got uh, two miniature donkeys. Uh, we live on six and a half acres. Uh, we've got a remote team. So I always say that I was doing social distancing before it was popular. Uh, just <laughs> going out there and and starting on things that are important to me. Uh, My worst days are the days that I sleep in because I wake up and I feel like I'm so reactionary. Mm -hmm. You know, I I get there and um, there's incoming emails from the team that I want to respond to. Uh, So uh, even as a uh, when I was a younger parent, you know, if I could get up before the kids and be in control of my life, uh, I felt like I was in more control. Now, on the flip side of that, too, uh, don't call me and ask me to do anything after nine o'clock, uh, because by that time, uh, my uh, my uh, reserves are low and uh, I'm starting to wrap up the day.
1: Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Tom, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So the first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life?
0: Um, uh, Jen
1: Groover. Uh
0: she was the first person that I really heard to start to talk about emotional intelligence. Um, and it really resonated with me. Uh, and that was about five years ago at a one life, uh, event, which is a charity and Groover, uh, just really taught me what emotional intelligence was and how it could help my life.
1: Cool. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Tom? Uh, It, it's, it's helped
0: me enjoy the highs and the lows, as opposed to being painful in the highs
1: and lows. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness.
0: Uh, I've learned that from running, that uh, if I can control and slow down my breathing uh, and control my breathing, uh, that makes the difference between whether or not it's a happy run or where I'm panting for life. And I think the same thing in, um, in stressful situations. If I find that, uh, am I panting? for life
1: or am i slowing things down right tom your book podcast guest prophets is awesome are there any other books you would recommend that are somehow related to mindfulness one of
0: the that i like is um thou shall prosper by rabbi daniel Lappin, and you know i'm not sure if that's so much mindfulness but it's definitely points out that um the biblical ways of doing things and i think um often I I look to books that have been around longer because there's proven wisdom in there. Um, That's uh, one uh, there's uh, another one that I'm reading right now on the improv of business, right? And uh, it's by a Stanford professor and she just talks about just show up, be present, say yes to things because we'll never be able to prepare for everything. And it seemed it was book was written in 2005, but it was so timely today, right? Because I didn't have Q1 all figured out when I figured out my my quarterly and my yearly plan. Uh, March was a definite surprise, but uh, just showing up and being present.
1: Can you share an app which can help with mindfulness? Uh, To me, uh, I uh, I
0: believe it's Focus, that Mm -hmm. background music. I play that a lot. Um, To me, uh, I've got voices and ideas in my head going every which way. And what I have found is that when I play that in the background, um, it helps me focus, helps me stay on one thing. And the other thing too, is that when I can set the alarm or the timer on it, I'm always amazed. Um, If I tell myself, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes, um, I'm amazed how fast the 30 minutes goes, or I'm going to give myself 90 minutes to get this done. Uh, it's amazing. The projects that I can get done on that.
1: Okay. Well, that's, that's really awesome. Uh, tell me what your donkeys have taught you about mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a great question. Donkeys are,
0: um, most people think they're stubborn animals. They're not. They're just very inquisitive and they won't be bullied into anything. Whereas you can, you can put a halter on a horse and pull it into something. A donkey will just fight you. So often it's introducing them to something and, and letting them learn it. And once they get comfortable with it, uh, then they'll do, do anything there. So I think their response of being inquisitive about things That they always want to look at things, get to know them before they make a judgment. Is this right or it's wrong? You know, a horse will run away on a field and you'll never catch it. A donkey will run 10 feet, turn around and look at you again because it's trying to figure everything out. So, uh, uh, from the donkeys, at that point, it teaches me a little bit of patience, right? You can't force them into doing anything. And that they just want to learn things. Uh, they want to make sure that they, they know them. And so uh, uh, I try to do the same thing. When I see, see information, I don't say, this is good or this is bad, but it's, this is interesting. And how can I learn more about it?
1: <laughs> well, I think it's cool that you have donkeys because I know they're, they're quite an interesting animal, that's for sure. Do you have any other animals? Uh, we have a, um, uh, the two miniature donkeys, we have a dog, and we have a barn
0: cat. Uh, I always call it a barn cat, even though it hasn't seen outside in over five years. Uh, the first time it got cold in Michigan, uh, the girls who were still living at home at the time said, oh, can't we just, can't we just let it in for this cold day? Well, once this cat had seen the inside, uh, you could leave the door open. It's not going out.
1: Oh, is that right? Yeah. Is that right? Cool. Well, Tom, it's been so much fun getting together and talking about the benefits of podcasting. And uh, I'm just honored to have you as a, as a guest here on the show. Bruce, I am thrilled to be here.
0: Love the show. And the only way that could, this could have been better is if we could have been together in real life. But I, I pray that that is coming soon. And uh, you know, if there's anything I can do to help anyone, uh, please just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash mindfulness mode. And I'll put the free book there. Uh, there's a assessment on you know whether or not podcast interview marketing work for you. And I'll put all my social media there. So you don't have to try to figure out which Tom Schwab in Kalamazoo
1: is this. <laughs> Thanks so much, Tom. Talk to you again soon. Bye now. Thanks, Bruce. And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show about the 12 must read mindfulness books. Any one of these books can definitely change your life just like they have for the featured guests I've had on my show. All of these books have been recommended. They're the 12 most recommended books on mindfulness mode. Download this free gift at mindfulnessmode.com top 12 books.